0: Weekly, I think it's the largest uh, real estate probate real estate call in America. We get together every week on Thursdays, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, if you're in Pennsylvania or Eastern time, it's 7 p.m. And we get together and talk about all things probate real estate, whether you're investor, wholesaler, real estate agent, vendor. We talk about all things and how to make more money and build more wealth in probate real estate. Today's guest, actually, if you follow my coach, is Chad Corbett, my original probate coach. And he had this guest on. Uh, but this is an area that I've definitely worked on in my probate business. And I oftentimes get um, you know, questions asked to me of investors or and realtors. Well, why do you have that guest on? Why do you have this guest on? So I thought I just might tee up a little bit. Um, I think that, you know, in business, your goal is to create as much value as possible so that you know you get paid. We the, the money we get paid is a reflection of the value we create for other people. Or Zig Ziglar said that. You can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want and so i look always for a way to spend my time and do three things number one is i try to find ways obviously to generate listings i'm a real estate broker in la and sell all over california i work with attorneys and families number two i look to build a referral business sometimes that means i help a customer and they're happy and they'll refer me business or i help a vendor build their business and they refer me business back and so We wanna build our team and help our team grow so when we need them to help our customers they are available. Number three is team building. I'm always looking ways to help other people build their business within the context of my real estate team. And I have a team of real estate agents across the country, including Florida and Georgia and all over California. So this guy today, Jason, really checks a couple of those boxes because there are times when I, as a a salesperson, the customer doesn't wanna sell the house, they wanna keep it. I don't need to get paid for a mortgage, but I want to get them good service. And sometimes a reverse mortgage is a a good solution for a family or somebody who's inherited a property or can't afford it. So it's important that we develop that product knowledge so we can make those good, strong referrals to our customers. Second is referrals. Obviously the people that we refer business to, we want them to be successful. And and, quite frankly, while I've just met Jason recently, I have another reverse mortgage rep that I've worked with we referred to business two years ago, we're still working on. And because I'm working the customer and he is, we're teaming up, I think, to give our customer better service and ultimately for both of us to end up getting business. So these are relationships we're looking for. I'm not looking for golden tickets from somebody giving me business. I'm looking to build relationships with people who can. And then number three, Jason's business is national and I'm building a national probate team. And I think it's important to have vendors across the country to give our customers the best possible services uh, as the business continues to grow over time. So I'm excited to bring in today uh really one of the experts on reverse mortgages as i mentioned he was interviewed by my coach chad corbett did a fabulous job there and i wanted to bring him into our call here today to share kind of his secrets and knowledge and insights so jason eichmiller welcome to our phone call today
1: oh thanks so much for having me and everybody all 77 right now it's pretty awesome uh thanks for having me uh hopefully i can give you a little bit of information or insight into this this reverse mortgage program, and just real quick, I, I've started doing them in 2008, and they are very, very misunderstood. Not to say they're for everybody or not for everybody. We can kind of go into who, kind of who fits the mold and who doesn't. But a lot of my kind of my my purpose in this whole thing, just like you say, uh, Bill, is to help people. And if you help people, you do your best to educate and just make sure that they're in a good spot, you might not close all the deals, but the goodwill is freaking awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of like where I kind of hang my hat, if you will.
0: So I, when I looked you up, as I mentioned before we started, I noticed you were from Pennsylvania, but you have way too good a tan to be an Ambler PA. So give us a little background where you grew up and then how'd you get into real estate and then for, or how'd you end up in reverse mortgages?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in uh, in Maryland. Actually, um, Terp, right? Go Terps! Way back in 2002, we won the national championship. My hair—I went to to school then. My hair was less gray.
0: For all the non-people from Maryland, University of Maryland, they're the Terrapins, or go Terps. Nobody else would know that because they never win anything that would be of national prominence. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason.
1: Yeah, but if there's one person on this on this uh, live call that went to Maryland or understands it, then we have the instant connection, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I grew up in Maryland, and I met this girl. Um, back when I lived in like after uh, college, I lived in Baltimore. And uh, I met this girl who was in undergrad. She was graduating at um, Loyola in Baltimore. So I meet her out and uh, we become boyfriend and girlfriend, but then she graduates and we're doing the long distance relationship thing. So she was very responsible, pretty good at life even at a young age. So she went to St. Joseph's in Philly for her masters. And I was living in the city with my friends. We were working, but not working too hard. So I figured, hey, I wanna keep this thing going. She's got something really good going. So let me jets jet set, <laughs> take the hike up 95 to uh to to live with her. And um, we just we got a place in Philly. So I had the girl, I had a pretty cool place in uh, Jess, you'll know this Northern Liberties, but I didn't have a job. Uh oh. So I kept so that was the one thing like, oh, how do I make the money to keep the place and keep the girl? Right. Um nobody so kept... said place
0: before the girl. Just I'm just noticing that as an editor. Go ahead. I mm. the place and then the girl not the girl and then the place but i'm sorry keep going
1: i should script this better Shinra. <laughs> <laughs> so i keep seeing these commercials uh at, at that time um robert wagner um mm-hmm. was a celebrity reverse mortgage spokesman i kept seeing those commercials and it intrigued me i knew nothing about these things knew nothing about reverses i thought that we give seniors money and in the end they lose their house or the government gets it but it's probably good for them in the meantime so it's kind of like Lukewarm on it, but not educated at all. Most like, like kind of like most people are, um, so I also saw what, while I'm watching those commercials, I saw that that company was actually hiring for a call center in Philadelphia. So not having a job being completely unfamiliar, but seeing the celebrity guy over and over and over again, figured, Hey, I'll take the uh, mile and a half trek down to center city to see what the guy is talking about. And when I met him. He absolutely schooled me. He showed me how reverse mortgages work, how they help seniors without hurting their kids. And I thought that was pretty cool and I had nothing else to do. So I said, why not? I'll start tomorrow. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Uh, second month in I let, I don't want to talk like I'm good at anything, but I, I adapted to the space pretty quickly and was and we were selling over the phone all over the country. And I was able to lead the branch in sales a whole bunch of times, make really good relationships, um, really feel like deep down, I helped a lot of people, ended up running the branch and then left there to kind of pursue a little bit more of an entrepreneurial path. But yeah, reverses have been my home since late December of 2008. So um, glad to be here.
0: Great, Now, Okay, so first off, everybody on the call for security reasons, because we do have a lot of people on, we don't let you unmute yourself, unless you figure out how to do it. But you can raise <laughs> your hand in the app or put a question in the chat box. We're always looking for this to be as interactive as possible. So feel free at any time to jump in with questions and we will I'll do my best to watch that. And I have my assistant, Jess, also in Philadelphia, who help us keep an eye on that. So, you know, I've been around a little longer than you. I was around uh, when I think reverse mortgage, let me back up. First mortgage is a product that a lot of people have some negative, uh, uh, sense of, don't know why. And I believe the reason why is, before you got involved, it was really a misused product. It's one of those things, was an amazing tool, it's kind of like, a, you know, any powerful tool, gun or whatever, powerful could be good, powerful could be bad, depends how you use it. And in its first iteration, there was a lot of scamming where people would take seniors, they'd advance a ton of cash, put all some high-risk ec- uh, equity uh, uh, annuities, high commission to the salesperson. Salesperson would make a lot of money. The seniors left without any money to live on. It was a mess. And that went on for about 10 years until around 2008 or so. It's almost like reverse mortgages had to reinvent themselves as an industry and get, I don't know, if it was regulated differently or what got involved. But you'll you'll talk to a lot of people who are older who have like this initial, ooh, there's something scammy about it. And I would say that probably was true at one point in time. But the, the industry has changed. Now, where did you come in in that cycle? Is that before you? Is that? Were you there when they happened? Or was that after you, or how'd that work?
1: I'd say, so first thing I'll say is I know nothing about them. I mean, I can look at it from a historical perspective, but I am not an expert until I sat my butt in that chair and I started getting schooled about these things. Um, Where I think I was though, is when I came in, anybody could qualify. They were like a Nina, right? Which is like a no doc loan. If you were the age and you had enough equity in your house and your house wasn't falling apart, that was important too then you could get this deal still helped scores more people than it hurt. Yes. But and probably like a 99 to one or a 98 to two, the problem is that bad news travels fast. So where we found challenges with it, like we, like not me personally per se, but the reverse mortgage industry. And I kind of started to find this myself as I was talking to these people, I had a lot of people who were back on their property taxes and had so much expenses, like so many expenses that we could get them a reverse mortgage. I could eliminate their mortgage payment, maybe get them some cash, but they were in such trouble in so many other areas yeah. that it just didn't make sense to do the deal. Like it's it like, like you, I don't know, you're, you're bleeding out in 17 different ways and you stick two fingers in or four fingers in, you're still going to bleed out. It's just going to take a little bit longer. Right. So in that case, I realized, so I guess back up the government changed those rules in 2013, no, 2013 or 2015. I think 2015, my years are all jumbled up. But back around then the government changed those rules and they started requiring that we look at people's income, that we do a looser debt to income, something similar to what you do with regular mortgages. And we look at their credit and if the deal doesn't fit and if it doesn't seem like it's sustainable then we can't do the deal and we won't and i was i was one who actually as much as i like commission check i've got three little kitties of course i do um i was able to partner with realtors and when they didn't fit the box even if i could do the deal well shit, you can't pardon my french i don't know if you can cuss on this but whatever it's after hours here in wellington so um, I couldn't, I couldn't do the deal and feel right about myself because again, it was something that probably wouldn't work for them long-term. It's so like, man, you gotta, you gotta downsize. Sell your house. You're not going to move in with your kids. Nobody wants that right. on a high enough level, but buy something smaller. Then you can sustain yourself. Then we use a reverse mortgage to buy where you basically pay 50% and don't have any mortgage payments, right. but at least it's all affordable now. Right. And you can sustain yourself. Like I always look at, can you can you get this thing, this tool? Because this is all it is, is a tool, just like anything else. But can you get this, and can you use it to sustain yourself and live your life? Obviously, there are surprises, right? It's Murphy's law; anything can go wrong at any inopportune time. But can you use use this as a tool to live life better? That's all.
0: And where this comes into play, you know, doing permanent real estate is a couple of places. One is the family inheriting the property, right? So somebody who never owned a house never really had the income to qualify. Maybe they're living there with mom and dad, mom and dad die. And then 10, 15 years later, they're old enough where maybe they qualify for reverse mortgage in terms of the age, but they don't have really the credit, they don't have the capacity. Like you say, they have other expenses. Sometimes they do. And, and it's a, you know they, they've been paying the mortgage all along, they never filed probate, and then we get together with them and you know change the title, uh, do a refinance into the reverse mortgage and they can make that work sometimes. So that's one, one scenario. The other is a common scenario. I'm sure, I, I imagine you must get phone calls. The classic is the uh, father, mom, or dad um, got a reverse mortgage and pass away. And kids are living there. Most What I find most common case is, because uh, responsible people are gonna right away notify, the bank tells them reverse mortgage company, they're gonna follow for foreclosure, they're gonna do either a probate or they have a estate plan, and but they're people who kind of put their head in the sand and want to live there, and they can't really qualify to sell, uh, to buy a house. They don't want to sell and cash out and buy what they can afford. And then all of a sudden, the mortgage is being foreclosed on, now they're in a panic mode. You must get phone calls from realtors or borrowers regularly, I would think, they're, they're tracking, you on know, looking for somebody because they're being foreclosed on. True?
1: Today, I was walking my dogs and I'm in that lab coat agents group on Facebook, somebody asked for a realtor down actually down here in Fort Lauderdale area, just randomly asked about, Hey, who knows something about reverses? So a few of the realtors that I work with, they're like, Oh, Jason Eichmiller hit him up. So I call her while I'm walking the dogs and it's like, it's a similar case. Um, Dad died. The house is upside down. She's looking to list it and she's spending a lot of time. She hired probate. She doesn't really know what to do. So I kind of talked her through, at least like my knowledge. And by the way, just to be honest, everybody, I'm a front end guy. I sell these things. Um, the back end I'm familiar with, but you might have some questions that I can't answer. So always be honest if you do have something that I don't know. Um, but yeah, we I talk to a lot of folks where that's a question. Like mom and dad have a reverse. They they've either passed away or one's going into a nursing home or they need to get rid of, because even though they have the reverse, they they got the reverse on a two story property. Now they can't make it up the steps and it's just, doesn't make sense anymore. Like, what are my options? And it goes back to something that you said, Bill, in the very beginning. Again, that, that help, I believe in good karma, bro. Like the more people you can help, even if it's not a deal today or tomorrow or ever, just the more goodwill you're getting out there. And I have enough random wonderful things that happened to me that I don't know. <laughs> you just do. You just do good for everybody all the time, and good stuff happens.
0: I agree with you, hundred percent. I, I and don't do bad for people because it, it comes back to you. I mean, you know, the people calling you five years later for one commission to find yeah. out that the family is just screwed in some situation—it's just uh, difficult. Yeah. And, and I think one thing that's changed about these mortgages. Um, I, again, I, I know you're not a servicing bureau; you're you're the originator. Mm-hmm. But what I can tell you is what's changed is in the old days lenders had more of a service mentality and were hesitant to foreclose and kind of drag it out. As long as I as the agent called the service department, sent the listing agreement, gave them status, we were reasonable, they would delay. Nowadays, they'll if you call on the phone, they'll say the right things, but after six months, that first day, they sell it to some servicing bureau that's really just glorified attorneys and they start the foreclosure process. And I find, especially here in California, you're on a clock, and it's six months until they start paperwork, and then there's going to be a nine-day notice, and then there's going to be the uh, notice of trustee sale, and so you got to really get in your game quickly these days, as opposed to the past, uh, at least here in California. I can't speak for everywhere.
1: Yeah. So one thing, just just to cut in before I forget, um, HUD. <clears throat> so first thing I'll say is HUD is a black hole. I would never rely on HUD for anything. I know that because, <clears throat> excuse me, the um, the company that I worked for that ended up running the branch in uh, Philly. We were on, I think the 16th floor, HUD was on 14 and 13. And I'd go there and I'm like, oh, I know everything about reverse mortgages. I can get stuff done. I'd go down there to get whatever I needed for a client. And I would walk back two hours later, scratching my head, my IQ at least 20 or 30 point, points lower. It, <laughs> they're just, they're horrible. With that said though, what HUD will do if it's a traditional reverse mortgage, a HECM, which is like the HUD government one, is you can petition them if you run past your six months, you can petition them to um, get two 90 day extensions. Well, wow. yeah, so the so that hopefully, uh, maybe you guys didn't know that, but it's also a question of when will HUD receive it and will they actually do anything or will they pretend to not be able to read? So right. Right. that's a, the asterisk of you can petition. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, and there's other options in california you know uh if you're in probate in many counties and many judges will give you an extension there you know if there's equity be preserved you can follow what's called an ex parte uh which is one party filing and ask the judge to issue a stay it happens all the time in l.a county other counties not at all other counties i notice in orange county way less sympathy they'll say hey you had six months what were you doing during that time period? why should we hold the lender and have them lose money when they're, uh, the truth is the lender's not losing money, they're charging- They're still money. getting money.
1: The lender wants to push it, man. They've got the interest, like- rapid. Interest,
0: the interest, fees, yeah. they get the kickback from the law firm, all that going on. But yeah. but they're, I'm just telling you, Orange County, my experience, Orange County judges, uh, unless somebody else is different, I know we have uh, Winston and some other Orange County people on the call, but my experience in Orange County is their judges are way less pathetic for extensions. Whereas in LA, you can basically fog a mirror, you can get an extension at least, uh, you know, 30, 60 days for sure. So let me ask you, let's let's go now back to the, the origination of of, of uh, these reverse mortgages. Um, and let's talk about using them for a purchase product. Do you see, I know that's a product that gets talked about a lot and market a lot. You're in Florida where I imagine if there's any place in the world they're gonna be used, it would be there. So you're in ground zero. Do you do many purchase reverse mortgages or is that just a product that doesn't really get used much?
1: I got three going on right now, actually. Okay. Um, My, I'll tell you, I love them. I love them for the right situation. I'll tell you what my challenges are for them as well. So you kind of know where to to fit them in and not fit them in. As I'm not a a representative of the reverse mortgage industry here, I'm just telling you guys how it is. Um, Purchase reverses are awesome. Basically, depending on the age, and you can actually, this is something that that might surprise you guys, but for the right program, you can actually be 55, and get a reverse. I actually closed somebody yesterday who's 60 and we got them a reverse. So the 62, there are reverses that require 62, but you can be younger. Um, What you're able to do with a purchase reverse, and you think, you know the reasons why seniors would want to sell their home. They either want to downsize, they're in a two-story, they want to move closer to their kids. There's some other reasons too.
0: Grandkids.
1: Yeah, exactly. Be closer to the grandkids. And the kids are like, ooh, be close, but not too close um but it's really cool when a senior because if you think about a senior situation when they're buying a house they've either got to be an all-cash buyer and in today's market an all-cash buyer average house in your neck of the woods bill is probably what 1.5 or so
0: yeah
1: master manos so you've got to pull a lot of money out of out of your your investments out of the stock market when your investments have drastically dropped
0: Let's not emphasize that too much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I will not go down that rabbit hole, but that's a big reason why people are doing reverses these days. I'm seeing a lot. So. Preserve capital. Yeah. What you're doing is you're able to pay depending on the age, but a little bit like about half or a little bit more than half. So you pay about half price and you don't have any mortgage payments. So you can hit your finances positively in two different directions. One, you keep more money in the piggy bank than if you did a traditional cash purchase. And two, you don't have monthly payments to make. Now you do have to pay your property taxes and homeowners insurance and HOA dues if you have those, Um, but you don't have to make the mortgage payment. So if you're sitting on fixed income and you're draining out of your 401k or whatever to live your life and then the the property drops and it's qualified money, so you're getting taxed on it, um, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow. Right. So I found I found that the reverse for purchase is a great tweener product, right. meaning it's for those cash buyers who have some money but they're not comfortable putting everything down and they don't want those cash flow implications of getting a, a traditional mortgage. Right. Um, does that make sense so far?
0: No, a hundred percent. I think I think that all the lenders doing is taking the money and they're investing a portfolio of stocks and bonds and investments, getting them a higher rate of return than the interest on the mortgage. They're, somehow imputing a 5.5% interest rate or 6% rate or whatever the number is, mm-hmm. they're yielding 8% making money <coughs> on the difference. And all the reverse mortgages is a way for you to hold on to some of the equity and do the same thing yourself. And and to me, in, in a market where houses are going up, you know, conservatively 10% in the next 12 months, yeah, you know, if you can borrow the money, even at a high rate of five and a half, six, 7%, if it goes up 10%, you're still ahead of the game. Uh, and if your investments are getting you now, that's the challenge. Anywhere near that, then then you really have a double win, like you say, as you win on both sides. So it makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, we're using these as a massive hedge against investment loss right now. It's yeah. it's what financial advisors, <clears throat> excuse me, CPAs, CFPs, are really recommending because in the past, they CFPs weren't allowed by their um, their major like their major brokers. They weren't allowed to talk about housing we- wealth. And one of the reasons getting back to what you said is because you had the Shise reverse mortgage dude who's referring the deal getting him to get a reverse and referring him to his annuity friend and they were kind of double whamming on on the commission. By they the way, both. sometimes in those there were both.
0: The guy was doing the loan and he was the annuity guy. <laughs> that that's what happened back in the 90s.
1: Yeah. <laughs> way before Mike. That's that's rough.
0: And they are um, getting like a 10% commission on the annuity.
1: Yeah that's, that's tough. So one thing I want to mention kind of the process and the downside real quick to doing the reverse for purchase. Um, because you guys got to kind of got to know where you are in the market. These things are tough to close. I, the last one I closed, we squeaked, we squeaked in in 30 days. So that is not commonplace. So whenever I'm educating a realtor or a client who wants to do this, I'm saying it's okay. But you kind of got to do this in a softer market because you're it's going to be really, you can do it in 30 days, but it's certainly not the norm. So that's thing number one. Number two is with these reverses, they'll actually, anytime an appraisal is done on a traditional HECM, which is again the government reverse mortgage, the one that's mainly done, although I do mostly proprietaries, we can get into that difference in a little if you want, Um, but with the HECMs. You get one appraisal done, as soon as the appraisal's in, you'll submit it to HUD and they'll do a collateral desk review, which is some sort of antiquated formula where they will tell you, HUD will HUD's uh, formula will tell you if the appraisal is kosher or if you have to go and get a new appraisal. If you have to, now 90% or so of the appraisals are fine, but if you're on that 10% with a, a Heckam for purchase, then you're definitely not making that 30 days. So it's just one to think about. The way to get around it is if you have if you have a home that you're purchasing for at least say, I'd say even $600,000 or more, you can use a proprietary reverse mortgage, which still gives the same protections as FHA. It's not recourse and we can go down that rabbit hole if you want me to kind of clarify it but it gives the same protections. It actually qualifies you at a higher LTV, loan to value. And there ain't no second appraisal done, uh, unless it's 2 million. So I just closed, the deal I closed yesterday was 2 million. The first appraisal came in at like 2.1 something. So they got the second appraisal, came in at two, and it was well enough to do what he had to do. So um, yeah, I hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. So let's talk about a case where because again, uh, we also, in addition to being investors and wholesalers and realtors, we're also uh, probate focused. You know, there are cases where people, you know, uh, inherit a property. They want to purchase it, and you know, sometimes it it's it sounds great, um, <clears throat> but you know, they got to qualify or they have to you know get financing. So talk about the process. Do you ever come across, um, uh, you know, basically it's it's a, it's a purchase because they don't they're not entitled, but they're in the house already or they. They're going to inherit the house is that something you come across to me it seems like the the guidelines will kind of make that too hard for most people because if they don't have the history of credit and if they don't have any kind of income and they haven't managed their credit they're not going to qualify is this a product that you've seen used in those cases
1: so you mean do people use reverses to kind of buy it off their parents exactly Yeah, they can. I don't see it that often. Um, A lot of times people come to me, I think it's smart. Honestly, if you're in if you're at least 55, you can do it. Um, I kind of get this kind of case by case from realtors. Most of the questions I get kind of like I said before is I inherited this house or I'm a realtor and they want me to sell this house and more is owed on it than it's worth. Oh, what do I do? So if, in that case, if more is owed on it than it's worth, and you can just give up the keys to the Porsche, say, hey, I don't want it, all these things are non-recourse. So they can't go after the estate, they can't go after you, they can't go after life insurance, any of that stuff. If there's equity in the house though, say it's a million dollar house and 700 is owed, completely making that up, then absolutely go after go after that equity. Now on a 70 LTV, it might with this example that I just made up without really thinking, um, on a 70 LTV home, you'd have to be pretty old to make right. a reverse mortgage work. Right. But maybe if you're in your 70s or your 60s and you inherit it, you've got some good money, you maybe inherited some other cash because you inherited this house. Maybe it's a $50,000 shortfall to refinance it out with the reverse. So you throw $50,000 into the pot and now you've got it. Okay. So it's really a case by case thing. But the biggest thing you want to do um, certainly as a realtor, or as an investor, is you want to get the reverse mortgage statement. So every single month, whoever the contact is gets a reverse mortgage statement. So if you grab one of those suckers, then it might look a little bit like uh, <laughs> a little foreign to you, but if you'd like, I you I'll I'll leave my contact information in the chat box, and if you'd like, if you want to run that by me, I can kind of take a look. If you if you tell me how much you think the house is worth, I can look at the reverse mortgage statement and tell you how much is owed, and then you can figure out if it's intelligent for them to to try to buy it or if they want to sell it. If there's enough juice for them to make some cash and for you to make a commission too, glad to. Wow to.
0: So um, I think I heard you say on a previous interview that you do business all the country. Are you in fifty states or, or certain states? Or
1: so I own my um, I own my brokerage uh, Key Home Lending, and when you're doing when you're doing mortgages, every single state that you get licensed in, whew, it's I hired a licensing company just to do it all for me because I I can't walk and chew gum right. I'm an expert at this stuff. I don't want to be an expert on at company financials. So I'm licensed right now. I'll give you the the quick list and hopefully not forget anything. Florida, obviously, home state, California, Colorado, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Um, I do have a good network, though. I run a reverse mortgage group of just reverse mortgage um, originators on Facebook. So again, you give and you help as much as you possibly can. So if you have a situation, um, Marsha, I see your question. Chris, I got your stuff to your College Park dude. That's awesome. Um, Marsha, I see uh, you have it. Do you have somebody you can refer in Atlanta? Uh, I can probably connect to you, somebody good in Atlanta. So anywhere, I'm glad to chat about and glad to help. If I can do it, great. If not, I know smart
0: people who can. Fantastic. Um, well, that's the whole goal here is we have people here from across the country We want to work together and network. I think we also build our business across the country, build a referral business. And so how do you do that? Did you help people in other places? So again, for those who came on or did, I, who came on after I mentioned it, um, this is meant to be participative, I see one hand up, um, feel free to raise your hand in the Zoom or put a question in the chat box and I'll get you, it really is meant to be participative. I don't leave the ability to unmute yourself just because we've been Zoom bombed a few times and so for security reasons and to keep uh, the pornography and the um, unbelievably hateful videos off we're going to not allow that but joanne steven what's wrong with that
1: man come on do i don't know seven
0: o'clock here <laughs> i don't know i'm just <laughs> joanne stevens i see your hand up um and it's nice to see you as always what's going on how can we help you
2: well, you know, I'm on the internet right now and it's, and, and I'm looking up reverse mortgages and it says that an heir who wants to keep a house can either pay off the Hickam or take out a new mortgage mortgage to cover the balance of the reverse mortgage, but it also goes on and says that the balance on the reverse mortgage is higher than the value of the home. Heirs can buy the house for 95% of the appraised value. Is that true?
1: It is true. It's a uh... That's coming straight from HUD and the FHA. What you have okay. to do, yeah, so you have to get in touch with, again, this, this kind of stretches my expertise because I'm not on that side, um, okay. but what you want to do is you want to petition the servicer. Now, here's something that you might not know. Um, as soon as the mortgage balance, the reverse mortgage balance becomes, I be, it's either 90 or 95% of the original property value, I believe the servicers are going to assign that loan to HUD and HUD then has their private servicers who do that thing. So you'll want to get in, uh get in touch with the servicer. Again, 95% on a 100000 dollars house ain't too much, but 95% on a $2 million house, then you're kind of like you're working with a little bit of fire that you can use. So yeah, you're you're right.
2: Okay, great. Thank you.
1: Hey, you got it. Thanks for asking, Joanne.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice, Joanne. Always always great to have you on. Thanks for jumping in um okay and where are we at um what's the minimum age for reverse mortgages Now, i think you mentioned there's a couple of different products yeah so it depends on the product that you're looking for but in, so can you give us a kind of a high level overview of that
1: totally um there's two main products one is the hackam that's a government one the other is proprietary which are private investors who like the idea of getting compounded interest for a long time so The Heckam, the minimum age is still 62. The proprietary, it used to be 62, then it went to 60, now it's 55. Um, I do, I think I do more proprietaries than I do Heckams. Again, you don't need the second appraisal like I touched on um, in the purchase question. You can be younger, Mm -hmm. you qualify for a little bit more money and there's some niche reasons as well but they're pretty they're they're good program oh i guess i should also say the this is actually important the Heckam, the maximum home value for a Heckam, it's the fha limit so it's 978 right so it's just under a million but what if you need cash out of your house Or what if you're buying a 1.5 property or a 2 million dollar property or a 4 million dollar property most of the time, in that case, unless somebody is completely free and clear and they just want a line of credit, you're going proprietary because it's way more bang for the buck. Oh, and the fees are less too, so I should say that.
0: But so for I'm a doing- for a uh, Heckum at 62, what's the loan to value? And then for the proprietary product, if it goes down to 55, what's the loan to value that they can qualify for?
1: Um, it's completely age dependent. If you do the average age of 70 eyeballing it. The hackam is in the mid to high 40s. I'll tell you this, I'll give you this example with a proprietary, the loan to value would be in the 50s. Um, I'll give you the example of the, the 60 year 60 year old guy I closed yesterday, just because you know, when you close a deal, it's like super fresh in your mind. Mm-hmm. His house was uh, he's 60 years young. House is $2 million. Based on the second appraisal, I was hoping it would be 2.1. But that's what appraisers do. Um, the loan size was nine forty-two, so that's about forty. Was that about forty-seven? Loan to value,
0: some percent loan to value. Yeah, at product. age
1: sixty, at age sixty. So then you go up to age seventy. It's going to be in the mid fifties, eighty higher, so on and so forth.
0: But it's pretty sad because I, I didn't think about, I'm. I'm not sixty-three, and and um, I'm. thinking We're looking to move to Florida, and I keep thinking I need to pay cash. But you know now I'm thinking, well maybe in my case we only have one child and she's done really well she and her husband have really done well financially they're not looking for anything from us so i'm thinking well what am i saving the money for maybe maybe uh, uh the equity it, it, yes we'll you know pay that over time but you know it makes sense we could buy more house and a natural house okay so there you go it's it's 47 loan to value at a 60 60 age as a rough number but I imagine Somebody has a deal that should call you. and You qualify them and give them the specific numbers based on their age and their, their location and their and their credit and so on. Okay, great. Absolutely. Um, other quite I'm sorry.
1: Oh no, I just said absolutely. Oh. That's, that's exactly what they.
0: Okay, good. Any other questions? Again, we have an expert here, and he's not just. I think again, as I said in the beginning, this isn't just about for your customers. It's also about you being able to refer and and help people who may not come back directly to you, but also he's a obviously a very successful salesperson. Um, so feel free to jump in ask questions. You can raise your hand in the Zoom chat or put a question in the chat box and we'll come back and ask you. I see Ellen cross I don't think we've met. I'm gonna ask you unmute if you wanna unmute yourself and uh, jump in, love to have you, um, let's see, if you're able to put your video on, that'd be great. If not, I understand. How can we help you, um, Ellen? Okay, sure. sorry
2: about that. Yeah, no I've been uh, hanging out. Um, I'm very new to figuring out this whole more reverse mortgage stuff. Um, and I'm trying to answer questions about like, which, which clients of mine in real estate, am I most likely to bring this subject up with and, and to try to learn more about it so that I can advise them. I mean, I've done, um, two estate sales at this point. Um, I've got a third one coming along, although, it's not quite an estate the because they already figured out like the, the the daughter already has her name on the deed and everything. So who am I targeting? Who who are my best prospects to start talking about reverse mortgages? Lastly, I'll say I have a guy who um, is in Santa Barbara. I'm in North Carolina. He wants to, he, he's been talking about coming here. He started talking to some folks in um, Arizona, he was debating between Arizona and North Carolina, and he decided to move to North Carolina, but he keeps bringing up the fact that the agent in Arizona talked to him a lot about how a reverse mortgage could be a really good thing for him. And so that's part of the reason why I'm really curious about like, how can I be a better real estate agent? And I'm not, I'm not getting that hundred percent from what we've talked about so far. So well, that's let me answer question.
0: that, Jason, let me get your answer as well. As a real estate agent, you know, it, I think that our jobs create value for our customers. Sometimes Definitely. some of those customers are prospects for reverse mortgages. Sometimes it's their family member. Who's the customer for the reverse mortgage. Sometimes we don't even know who it is, who is going to be the customer. But, but if we tell our customer, they'll tell their friend or family member hey you think about moving you should check out a reverse mortgage so i'm really big on constantly educating your client base even if they're not prospects because they might know somebody who is uh i don't know that i would spend every week on this but this is the kind of topic that once every 90 days or so i introduce in my emails my social media to my clients and i don't know which ones are going to be interested uh all of them probably know somebody probably, but you never know when somebody's going to raise their hand and say, I'm interested. Jason, what would you say?
1: Yeah, it just depends on um, who you normally interact with. So I always like to like every mortgage program, again, it's Ellen, it's like a tool, right? You know, you keep you keep the arrows in your quiver or your tools in your toolbox or whatever analogy you want to use. Um, reverses are great. If you have a senior who has a little bit of cash, and they're looking to, again, relocate. It's funny, I, I um, use a traditional mortgage, but I relocated somebody from Burbank down to Boca uh, a couple months ago, um, <coughs> excuse me. So if you have a senior who's looking to move and from talking with them as a realtor, you normally don't get too deep into their finances, that's my job, um, but you can kind of get an idea of where their pain points are. The more questions you ask them, the more you'll kind of, the more you'll learn and the more you'll be able to kind of like direct. But if they're looking at a price point, if they find a house, say whatever, $800,000 house, they love it, but then you've got the question of, man, I love it, I wish I could do this. How many times do you get that, especially in this inflated market, right? I wish I could, I'd love to, but I can't. But do you know that you can't? You might actually be able to. That's where you pull out the tool. So, in their case, if it's an eight hundred thousand dollar house and it's a cash buyer, depending on their age, they might just put down four or five hundred thousand bucks, or four hundred or five hundred thousand bucks. So they're keeping all that money back in their pocketbook, and they don't have that monthly mortgage payment to kind of impact their cash flow those once people understand that it's it's so powerful like holy crap i can just like teleport myself back to 2008 or 2009 when the property values were like half or less than that of where they are now and i can pick up this place and yes i know the interest is going to accrue and i'll get less out of the house or my kids will get less out of my house if i care about that but man i can be exactly where i want to be i can be closer to the kids or in a place i want to keep as my forever home. And it's not going to financially hurt me giddy up. Um, I'll tell you this out of all the purchases that I do about 70 or so percent of them, they will actually buy a more expensive home because their money goes basically twice as far and they can get into where they really want to be at.
2: So that helps for people who don't have kids that they worry about having an inheritance for
1: sure i'll I'll tell you this yeah here's the thing if you look at most successful people like million dollar plus they've got some assets they realize that their assets are theirs that a house yes a house is an inheritance but so is a 401k so is everything else i get a little I, i get a little into this right because people will spite themselves to leave an inheritance for a kid and the kid's just going to sell the thing anyway. But you gotta look at everything together and say, number one, how can I best live retirement? Because if you think about helping somebody, it's a, I'll butcher this saying, but you always help out of a position of strength, not weakness. If you help out of weakness, then out of weakness and somebody else, the people that you're gonna help are probably gonna end up helping you. So a lot of these people that I work with, they realize number one, if I leverage my house, then especially in this depreciating market, I'm not going to be taking out of these other assets that can grow. We can get into the life insurance conversation where you can, you can throw in, depending on the age and the health, you can sometimes do life insurance to pass the house down um, probate free and tax free. Um, but there's a lot of reasons for a senior leveraging their house to live easier and leaving themselves and their kids in a way better position. If that makes
0: sense yeah and I think to answer the question again I would say again Ellen'm I'm, I'm interviewing Jason I'm sharing this with my database of 3000 past clients serve influence referrals all my social media because I'm not doing it every day all day long I, I do talk about this topic about every 90 days or so because it's important to a lot of them and I want to get in that discussion with my clients what their needs are and if I'm in the discussion then I have the chance you know opportunity to help them a couple of questions in the chat box Carrie asked two good ones. And someone has a reverse mortgage, changes their mind five or 10 years down the road, can they pay off the reverse mortgage? I think the answer is it's a mortgage, there's a payoff amount and uh, it, there's no prepayment penalty on that, correct?
1: Bingo, this is residential real estate, so um, no prepayment penalties on anything. Just you can get a reverse mortgage, tomorrow win Powerball, pay the whole thing off, no penalties.
0: Right. And then um, <clears throat> uh, we had a question I think from Robin before, the heck of um, the family or any original debtor can pay off reverse mortgage? The answer is yes, that anybody, it's a mortgage. So there's a balance, you pay it off. I've, I've done enough of these now where um, you may or may not want to like any other mortgage as a payoff amount on, on that loan. And then when would they sign a deed in lieu upfront? So there are cases where they're upside down and that's a case perhaps where uh, the family might take a you know cash. This is for investors. They might take a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand 5,000, $10,000 cash and sign a deed on the property. Um, the, the challenge is it's going to get foreclosed on more so than than even regular mortgages, but it's a possibility. And I do know savvy investors who do that. They they buy out the family, then they clean the house up, they get a retail price, and there's some equity there when they're done. Or they rent, you know, they'll refinance it and rent it out or whatever Airbnb, or whatever they would do with it. Um. Then curious asked another good question: that If a borrower passes away, does the lender sell the home to pay the reverse mortgage? and send the balance to the heirs? Jason, I'll let you answer that one.
1: That is an awesome question. I will say, Bill, you got a smile on your face. You know this <laughs> answer. No no lender ever wants to be in the business of taking and selling homes. So what happens is when you pass away, the house goes to your heirs. So whoever you want the house to go to, they get it. It's their decision. It's their sell. People ask me that. Well, I have kids who ask me
0: well, that. Well, well, hold on now. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. So the technically bar passes, the title doesn't change, correct? It requires the family to change title. That's what probate is. Or if there's a state plan, maybe the trust will change the uh, the, the deed, but or who controls the deed. But if there's no plan, and there's no deed that covers it, that's the challenge. And I think the fact is, uh, um, I believe reverse mortgage holders are notified by the Social Security Department within. 30 days of the person yeah. part, uh, passing, like all bank accounts are all frozen. Mm-hmm. So they know that, you know, the, the, there's a decedent, they know there's a clock that's going to run for six months and they'll start that process. Now the family can do a probate and change title and they can sell the house and the proceeds are theirs. And then I think if they don't, what happens is the the uh, it will go to foreclosure. And like any other foreclosure uh, that gets bid at, at the, at the uh, uh, the county process in California. At least. So um, the family has the opportunity to sell the property in cash. And I do a lot of those. And I've had many that are behind and, and we stop stopped foreclosure. Then others we close quickly. Uh, and others that uh, we did short sales There's a million different ways to work it. But the answer is yes. But the property has to be changed title in order for it to change. And that's why we're here on probate weekly We talked about it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I was a I'm a 10,000 foot guy. Yes. <laughs> as, far, as far as that goes. Um, absolutely.
0: But if you find one of those people who have a reverse mortgage and they want to sell the property you it, call me i can help you expedite the probate process depending on the case i, I refer to different <clears throat> attorneys throughout the united states i've interviewed attorneys in 15 states i work with some national services that can do it faster and cheaper in some cases so that's something i do regularly when people have that that uh that um, gun to the head um, one suggestion
1: and- real quick if i can butt in for a second um i've never done this I mean, I get a lot of deals, like basically YouTube and referrals. I stay pretty busy. Um, But one thing you might be able to do, backing up a little history or statistics, the average, uh, the average length of a reverse mortgage is about seven years. So, you know, people keep reverses for about seven years in October of 2017. These dates are kind of important in October, 2017, they gave a haircut to the loan to loan to values of the reverses so back before when you could get 55 now it was like 48 or so so if you look at if you would get a list and it'll probably be better in a couple of years but this is just off the top of my head if you would look at reverses that were originated in 2018 or later and they've gone through that at least for what's that four years now almost four years yeah if you would introduce yourself as a family I don't know exactly how you'd, you'd copyright it but an expert on inheritance and what you can do with the reverse because the reverse mortgage guy unless it's like me they're not going to talk about that stuff and if I talk about that stuff again it's at a 10,000 foot level because it's not my expertise but you could get introduced to their kids and this is completely just building a pipeline right, right. probably not going to get guy in the room stuff but if you build a pipeline then once the senior passes, or they or it's kind of imminent, or they have to move to a nursing home, then it become you can probably hear my dogs barking in the background. Um, then it becomes something where if you drip on them and they've got that contact, you might be able to get some deals. Anyway, just thinking there.
0: Definitely. That's what we would educate our clients. <clears throat> so uh Arita says, what the balance of the house grows higher than the value of the home, doesn't it have a chance of being upside down? The answer is yes these happen all, because you have another factor, which is generally, these homes aren't being maintained at the same level as the average house in the marketplace, right? Mm-hmm. You have older people, they don't get around much, they collect a bunch of stuff, stuff is starting to break, not being used much. So this is happening regularly. Do you see now, Jason, you're at the front end at the back end of this, but you must know from an industry perspective, uh, is the number of reverse mortgages that are underwater growing, it seems like all the housing values went up so much, there's not that many of them, but there are some
1: correct yeah um right now we are home values and of course we can say across the country home values are up but spe- in specific areas like where i'm in west palm where you are at basically most places in california there values are values are absolutely cranking right. um, there's a lot of equity in a lot of homes
0: right so
1: where you could find it though is if somebody got somebody's in middle america if values because of interest rates in middle of america start to drop a little bit, right. and they got a reverse in 2016, right. or 2017, before they did that uh, loan to value haircut, then you might some you might see some stuff underwater. I think what I might be wrong, but I think uh, your question, Emrita, it might have to do with what happens if they are underwater. So I'll just answer it. Um, if they are underwater, and they're living there, let's say it's a $2 million house and $3 million is owed. Oh, my God, what happens? It's crazy what'll happen is nothing so as long as you keep your home in your as your principal residence and you continue to pay your property charges there's no reverse mortgage police that can rap on your door when you pass away then again your heirs have the chance to do what they want and you can now it depends on what value the reverse is at and so I'll separate that 95% out real quick that we were talking about before i don't know if proprietary reverses allow 95%, I somehow doubt that, Right. I don't know.
0: Right, that seemed like it. But in general, so the answer is, to the person who got the loan, there's no recourse. The errors. it might be upside down, they might not have that. <coughs> I see that, I see that happen regularly, the houses particularly deteriorate on the old reverse mortgages, where the loan value kind of start to get to the maximum and the value of the house went down. Hector Aguilar, my colleague from EXP uh, out in the IE, man, what's going on? Welcome to our call.
3: I see hey, you good afternoon, everyone. Uh, thank you for uh, bringing Jason on this is a, a definitely a hot topic right now and in, in this uh, day and age where we're seeing a lot of uh, older folks relocating to different states. Yeah, um, one of my questions I had for Jason is in, in talking to applicants or potential clients. What's the number one objection that you're getting from them and and uh, and number two is. Um, what's the education process that you take them to in order for them to understand the reverse mortgage process.
1: Cool. Um, biggest objection, and I'll probably forget your second question. <coughs> um, sorry, I got a, my my whole COVID just went through my entire family, and I think I still got a case of it. So that's why I'm coughing and not muting myself as I forget to. Um, so the biggest objection is normally, I heard this. So I heard somebody lost their home when they got a reverse mortgage. True if you don't pay your property taxes then they can foreclose but that's the same thing that happens with a regular mortgage and in fact if you're free and clear you're still paying taxes and if you don't you have two years and you got the tax lien so that's the biggest thing right there i heard this now fortunately i'm I'm a little bit lucky a lot of people come to me off of uh youtube like educational youtube videos that i do Mm -hmm. so they're already educated to an extent, although I won't go like, completely down the rabbit hole, because nobody wants to watch YouTube and go to sleep. So, um, they come to me somewhat educated already. Another question that they have or an objection is the interest compounding. So and that's normally once we get into once we get down the rabbit hole, and we're looking at interest rates, we're looking at fees and all that stuff. Well, man, more is going to be owed on my house than it's worth. Or not it's worth, but more is going to be owed on my house than was owed before. You're right. We go back to okay. Well, why do you need the reverse mortgage? What's it going to do for you? What's it going to free up? So we'll do. I'll do financial worksheets with people just so that they can get clarity on where they're at and where they want to be. Call it what the hell to heaven and marketing and all that other stuff. Right. Um. So we'll get them really clear on that and then you're just weighing the scales right And it's the same thing with the inheritance question <coughs> excuse me my kids my kids want to get the how i want to leave something to my kids okay cool but you're draining uh, your your investments are down 30 percent you're draining down in their qualified money and so you're getting taxed on them so what's more important how long do you think your money is going to last Is that why your financial advisor told you to look at one of these things, because the way things are going, you only have six years left, but you're 63 and healthy. So what's more important shoring this up so that you can you can save this money, it'll last longer or giving something to the kids where if this continues on this rate you're not going to have anything to give to the kids anyway.
3: And that's that's, that's a. That's a conversation that I typically have with my clients when I'm discussing reverse mortgage with them is is balancing out, you know, where are you at right now in terms of what you're receiving and most of the time they're receiving. At a base case scenario $1,500 a month between the husband and wife very small right so I tell them, what the reverse mortgage is going to be able to do this for you, you have a payment of let's say $2,800. You're gonna do a reverse mortgage let's say you don't receive money from the reverse mortgage let's say you just do a reverse and you don't have a mortgage payment. Well, now you have an additional twenty eight hundred dollars that you can use to live a, a better lifestyle, not to live paycheck to paycheck. And who knows, you might be able to take that twenty eight hundred dollars and eight hundred dollars of that, put that in a savings in a CD or something a little more secure, but you're not strapped month to month. Right. And I think that's the biggest challenge that I'm getting them to to see is, is well, what happens over time as the interest compounds and in, in my house, you know, let's say, I live another twenty years. Well, good for you. Then you'll have a a good lifestyle, you won't have to depend on your children, right? Because many a times they're like, well, my kids will take care of me. Well, oh, yeah? you have long-term okay. care and then you have, you know, expenses for, you know, a retirement community or what have you, whatever steps you want to take, but you have an additional revenue that's that you have available to you because you're not making this $2,800 a month. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's typically the conversation I have. And you're right. The second question is the compounding interest, right? Over time, is how about if I owe way more than my house is worth? Well, and you're okay. I mean, they're only going to take 95% of what you owe uh, if it's a, a government-insured uh, reverse mortgage when when you pass on. So either you want to be a financial burden to your kids now and, and kind of hope that they're going to help you, or just be on your own and be independent and, and kind of take care of your own finances. And and you're right, 80-90% of the time when, when the parents pass on either through a trust or a probate, they're going to take the asset, they're going to sell it, they're going to you up whatever's left over between the two or three siblings you have. And, and you, we think as, as parents that we're leaving them something of sentiment, something that means something to them. And the truth is as we're not,
2: you know, they're the going to sell it
3: and, and part ways. Like, Hey, let me have my third, let me have my half and I'll use it for my family and, and enjoy it now versus the sentimental value. Exactly.
1: It's fine. Every reasonable kid. Sometimes you get my challenge is when I have groups of like five or six kids. I'm like, when I talk to them, I'm like, you guys aren't going to do this. You guys are gonna. I'm like. I'm telling you the truth. I've done over 400 of these. You are unless you have one person who's very headstrong and is going to guide. You're you're just going to squabble and it's going to, to mm-hmm. fall apart. But yeah, they're just gonna, like you're you're cutting it up, diving it up so many different ways. You're not going to get much. Um. Second, just just to answer your other question, Hector, on education, like if they let's say they call somebody from a 1-800 line or something like that, yeah. they shouldn't. It's a horrible experience. But if they do, um then they'll actually be required to complete counseling. So everybody who does this, they speak with a government counselor. Now the counselor base, what they do is they get their notepad and like, read, did you know you have to live in this house and pay the property tax? It bores them to death. But if you have a rookie yellow or somebody who's a little bit shady and says, oh, it's free money, don't worry about it.
3: Mm-hmm. The counseling
1: is gonna catch that, which is really right. good. I'm going to put my shades up
3: here, that's that's kind of what I yeah. wanted to to have you say is that there is counseling available to these consumers that will educate them. That's actually required, so it's not just like you're going in it blindly. You're going to have every every opportunity to learn about the program and be able to to make a sound financial decision. And and like Bill said earlier in the call, you know, it's it's not like the Wild West days when it first came out. It's more regulated now, and they're, they're, their oversight is is you know to the 20 x now, and so for the most part, people are, are gonna make a really sound decision and put themselves in a better financial position by doing the reverse mortgage and, and uh, enjoying their, their lifestyle a little bit better.
1: Hopefully, that's 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 the goal. Like my goal, my goal with when I send somebody to counseling, I want them to be so educated, again, without turning into an expert or being bored to death, but I want them to be so educated that they they come to me afterwards and say, I knew all that, that was a colossal waste of time. Yes. Then you know they're good, they're educated, and no surprises, no surprises ever.
0: Hey guys, we got this. This is a great. You know, I, I think uh, we could have got another hour or so, but we're kind at the end of our hour. Um, Jason, let's get your contact information out there. If somebody want to yeah. get in touch with you, get more information, how they get a hold of you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm going to, if it's okay, I'll put my info in the box, but I'll give you okay. uh, my email address. It's just uh, Jason. At key, that's K E Y, home lending.com. Fantastic. And then you can give me a shout. you know, I'll do this. Uh, key, home lending.com. Uh, let's do reverse quotes.com. That's a website. Um, and hell, you can give me a shout on the cell. Just don't call me at 2
0: a.m. And we'll put all this information in our notes on our uh, uh, our YouTube or Facebook, you're watching us online there, it'll be down below the description. So look, Jason, thank you so much. You're obviously a pro at this. I really appreciate you being able to share information with us both as far as the product, how to use it, how to work with a professional like you, and uh, as a probate real estate agent, I come across these more and more and want to be more effective. So I really appreciate your education with us today. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah, no, this this was awesome. Thanks thanks so much for having me on. Thank you guys just did an hour talking about reverse mortgages so i appreciate all of your attention and and loved if you, it. yeah if you do have specific questions or you need anything just just give me a holler don't be shy
0: thanks thanks jason thanks so much and for everybody else this is probateweekly.com we do this every thursday 4 p.m pacific 7 p.m eastern we live stream it on youtube and facebook you can watch it there and we get a replay as well if you register though you can come on live next week and ask questions live we love to make it as interactive as possible Thanks to Jason. Thanks for everyone with the great questions. I know we had a couple we couldn't get to. Uh, I will hit on the YouTube. I see a couple. Hey, it's Bill Gross. I hope you like this video. If you want to join us live every Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern, register at probateweekly.com, www.probateweekly.com. And if you like this content, hit the like button and subscribe and hit notifications, and you get notified as soon as we upload every time. Thanks.